Welcome back to the Not Just a Bikini Girl podcast. This is your host, Jasmine Jeffrey. And today, I actually want to go through posing shoes. I feel like I've not really spoken about it on the podcast for quite a while. And I feel like considering the amount of experience that me and the girls have with Compaq, if you don't already know, Compaq is my sister brand. So podcast started, I would say maybe like six to nine months before Compaq. And I think back in the, well, if I would have had my time again, I probably would have like combined them both, but they both got set up for different reasons. But anyway, I want to go into loads of different elements. So it doesn't matter whether you're a first timer or if you're an experienced competitor, this should hopefully give like everything that you should know in relation to shoes. The dilemmas, the problems, the misconceptions, all that sort of thing. And also a bit of like behind the scenes insight into the brand as well, which I think might be quite interesting and provide some context. So why are shoes so difficult to get in and stay in? So I a big driver for me when I set up Compaq was about four years ago. When I first got into the industry, I remember how difficult it was. And there was this brand that aren't around anymore, but that was the only brand that everyone could get them from. And unfortunately, they were the brand that never responded to messages, never refunded people. Shoes would take over four weeks. It was kind of like a standard thing and you kind of would just hope for the best sort of thing. I remember thinking like, why is this so difficult? And why is this like, the customer service element was like really like lagging for me. And when I got into shoes, I'll be honest, right? Posing shoes have like, they've been the bane of my business, but also like the most rewarding parts because I've had to troubleshoot so much about how is the best way to get these buggers in. And for me, I did not realize the actual task and how big the task is and how it was for me when I first started to get these shoes in, right? Put it bluntly, the amount of money I have spent on trying to reinvest and get stock in shoe-wise, I couldn't... If I had to put a number on it over the past four years, I would probably say at least 40, 50 grand just on getting posing shoes in. And I've made quite a few mistakes, like when I first started and I remember like the woman from the supplier said to me sizes five and six are the most popular and for some reason I just completely ignored her and just got like I think I got like some chic styles some caress styles in sizes three up to nine and I just did that <laughs> and I remember like it completely blew my black my bank I think I only like, the first order had to be like a thousand dollars and then after that I was like oh my god like I've bought all these shoes and like I don't even think they're the popular styles all that sort of thing. But to put it bluntly, like the amount of money that is continually needed to get that amount of shoe stock in is ginormous. And you will find most brands, um, I feel like I'm kind of like getting over this hill slowly now, but most brands will have to give a certain time, ten amount of time. And it has to, I think most brands will probably do anything between nine to 15 days. And from the customer point of view, that sounds ginormous. But from our point of view, it actually isn't. Because obviously we can't, place an order every single day with a supplier because it won't be viable for us because of the, how much shipping and it's not much point just buying one pair of shoes from America because that's where the supplier is based so we kind of have to like strategically look and place the orders every single week so that's kind of what I had to do anyway every single week or twice a week depending is order all the shoes in so on the website I'd have to make sure everything was available because how quickly the supplier website and system would change it was impossible to sync them up at the same time. So at the time, I had to keep everything as if it was open to buy. And then 
once that order came in, I'd have to go on the website and go, right, cocktail 501 SDT. And I'd have to hope for the best that it would was available to order. If it wasn't, I then had to go back to the customer. And the, the supply database is, is still quite old. So there's no way you can sync everything, basically. So it's a lot of back and forth, basically. And from when it leaves the supplier, you then have to wait for that to come in. So I used to use a different courier who was awful. And sometimes it would arrive in like five days. Sometimes it would arrive in two weeks. And again, it wouldn't be in our control. And you'd have to update the customer and you'd just be sitting there going like, they must hate me. <laughs> they must absolutely hate me and must wonder why is this taking so long? But the reality is, it's impossible unless you've got a massive cash injection at the start to have all the shoe stock in. So that was like the biggest, I thought that one of the big goals I have for the business, I thought, right, I want to be the first brand in the UK at least to have all the shoe stock in. So when people place an order with me, it's true and it goes out fast. That was the big, 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 big thing for me. And over the years, the styles have changed, the trends have changed, the federation rules have changed. So it's kind of having to like keep up with all these different elements. I'm not going to lie. There's been so many times and I've just been in absolute tears over these posing shoes because of the sheer amount of logistics and money. Like many people don't know this, but for the first three years, I took nothing. So it's only been the past year that I've started to take a small amount, but it's still, I know that if I start taking more, it's going to impact the posing shoes still because of the, the, where the ages of a business. So the amount of efforts that goes into the shoes are kind of stress to you. And I'll be completely honest as well. Like the main reason I was able to get a massive amount of shoe stock in so fast and be the first brand to be, to do this was taking advantage of the bounce back loan because I was at the point anyway, when I said to Joe, I thought I'm going to have to take a loan out because I can't deal with this anymore because <laughs> it, it was so stressful. And also I wanted the service to be better like I remember the, I know the pain point right I know how frustrating it is because you're excited you want to start your, your you know time is money so you want to start your posing ASAP you want the right heel you want the right style so for me I knew it was such a big thing and it meant so much to people so I was like right I need to figure out a plan and I remember thinking I'm just going to go to the bank and just ask for a loan but then during the time bounce back loan came back and luckily I got a decent, uh, yeah, it wasn't like crazy money, but it was enough for me to be able to go, right, I was already reinvesting and kind of getting to that point that I was nearly there. So I thought, right, if I can get this bounce back loan in, then I can kind of push it over the hurdle and really get all of it in. And luckily, I have been able to do that. If it wasn't for the glory and the majesty coming in, I think I would be at that level, but I've had to kind of come back a bit in order to facilitate the glory and the majesty styles coming in. So it's completely shifted the stock that I have to get in now and at the moment a lot of girls are struggling to get heels and it's I know a lot of brands are you know being asked when's this coming in when's this coming in and I, I don't know whether people think that brands like Compaq have that kind of power but we don't unfortunately we don't design the shoes we are the supplier the like the, not, not the I hate saying the reseller but we are the supplier of that heel so we are basically at the be- at the beckon of the supplier itself and if they have it in stock and what's frustrating from my side and I've learned this very quickly is have I literally me and the girls we're having to check the system like at least every day now because styles can say they're going to come in end of January and you get really excited you put the pre-order in 
And then suddenly the day before or two days before it's meant to come back in stock for us to order, they push it back to March and April. And you're just sitting there going like, you would have had, you would have had a memo like surely. (laughs) So it's like a massive, massive frustration. And it's like, it's the best way we can try and do things. Um, And that's kind of why, to be really honest, why we're having to do pre-orders because the demand is so high. Unfortunately, we need that initial cash to get them in and to make sure that we're able to provide as much service. And also it does obviously give a benefit to the customer because they know if they've done a pre-order with us, they are going to be the first people to get that style ahead of everyone else as well. So yeah, it's really, really frustrating, especially at the moment. And again, I'll I'll let you in a little funny secret. So depending on how much you order from like a supplier, doesn't matter whether it's shoes or whatever, some of them will allocate like certain discounts. Now it's only like 3%, it's nothing. But I still every single year message them and say, hey, you know, where are we at, blah, blah, blah. And it's funny because they said, oh, well, your last quarter was quite quiet. And I was like, the last quarter was bloody quiet because you guys had no fuckers. <laughs> you had no bloody styles in, so I can't order what that's not there. And I was like, oh my God. But yeah, the price increases as well. They tend to be doing it every six months at the moment. And again, I have no control over that. It's frustrating. But I think because of COVID and factory production and just general increasing costs just generally that happens every single year with stuff they're having to they're having to increase their prices and we are so the perception might be that we might be making more money or the supplier might be making more money from that price increase but actually it doesn't because everything increases at the same rate so the margin doesn't change or anything like that really so a few years ago you know four years ago the in the industry was completely different in terms of shoes styles I'd say knowledge and understanding as well. I really saw a massive shift. Like I remember, I think maybe a year and a half in, I was like, right, I really, I I understand these shoes to an element, but I don't understand to the level I need it to be if I want to be the best in Europe, in UK, knowing exactly what to do. Because I know like these shoes are expensive. So for me, if we can provide the most advice and information possible, then hopefully you girls won't be making the same mistakes as we will, or we were making saving less money and like not need uh, it's like not an excessive need for like stuff as well like there's nothing worse than collecting you know five pairs of heels that are just gonna be sit sat in your cupboard because you've chosen the wrong style because you didn't know maybe the lip was too narrow for you or like that sort of thing so a few years ago UK BFF was kind of like the top federation that was the one that everyone went for because there wasn't really that many federations around in those sort of days so the, pl- the platform was non-existent. That was the rule. I think it's just from like a tradition of just, you know, years and years down the kind of industry. That has just been the tradition that was always the case. So no platform. That was the rule. So everyone was wearing gala, caress, clearly, those sort of styles, right? I'll be honest, I wore caress for my first show and like they were okay, but not having a platform was not good for me. I had very little experience with heels. So I found it hilarious that I got into the industry of um, heels because I was so self-conscious of being taller because of my height. I'm like five foot 10, five foot 11. And I had no experience with wearing them. I remember my first ever pair of heels were a three inch kitten heel with like the biggest strap you've ever seen in your life. Like that's how bad I was at wearing heels, right? So back in the day, no platform. That's why you will see the no the non-platform shoe still on the website. And a lot of countries in Europe, they're kind of like a little bit behind in that sense. So, you know, they had they still have federations in their country that 
don't allow them to wear a platform. So that's kind of a main driver why I still wear them. So why I still stock them. WMBF, for example, they still kind of stick to that sort of style as well. Where like the Vevey's, the, the only sort of platform they were kind of like happy to allow is like a flare or a poise. So like a really, really tiny platform. So over time, things have started to kind of change as more federations have come around. And I still remember to this day trying some flares at home. And I was like, these are amazing. I remember thinking they're like four and a half inches, they're like half an inch. And I was like, they feel so much better though in comparison to the caress, which were four inch. And I thought, oh, it's a small little platform. I think it's like, it's, it, I was really able to like stabilize myself. I remember going to a posing session with Emma Hyman. I think this was like in 2018. I said to her, mate, these flares are the ones like, because I was really struggling to get the side pose when she was teaching me. And I thought, I'm really struggling with these caresses, but this flare is a game changer. And it was kind of there where I remember creating like this infographic saying like, if you've got a caress or a gala, maybe you should switch to a flare. And it literally went mad. Like everyone then started wearing flares. And it was crazy because everyone was starting to really notice the benefit of wearing a platform. And then from there, it's kind of like crescendoed and got more and more and more, which is awesome because it means that, you know, that knowledge and understanding is getting like spread out to like the masses, which is what it's all about. Because I would hate for someone to buy a heel that isn't right for them, but they haven't got the information there to really make all the advice or, you know, the girls in the DMs to have that kind of bouncing point to make sure it is the right choice for them because, with posing, if you haven't got the right heels, it is going to impact your physique. It's going to impact your confidence as well, because if you can't walk in that heel and you don't feel good, you're not going to look good at the end of the day. And it's all going to kind of like be this revolving door that you won't be able to kind of like escape. So from there, Flare 408 became like a really, really popular heel. And then it was during that same time, 2018, that I kind of realized, oh, there's like these, all these shoes feel really different. They're the same size, but they still feel really different. And I remember like grabbing like the gala, which is quite like a square toe bed. And then the poise and I was like, oh, it was a lip. And I was thinking, these look so different. It's no wonder they look so strange or feel so strange. So I remember taking photos of like all the top of the heel. <laughs> and then from there, that's where everyone started to realize, oh, there's a wide standard narrow fit. And it was so cool, again, to be, like, the, at the forefront of the industry and, like, figuring this all out. Because, again, this wasn't something that people knew. And it isn't something particularly that the suppliers, like, because for them, they because the actual sizing is pretty standard, like, it, it classes as a size 8. It classes as a size 5. Like, they don't, they, at that time, weren't really making the distinctions between, oh, that, this is actually for, like, a wider foot and this is for, like, a more narrower foot. So... Over the years, it's definitely evolved. And it's so it's been so cool to see that and seeing how my like ramblings of trying all these hills in um, my gym at Hype, not gym in the Northampton, like has helped so many people. Like for me, that's everything. And like with everything in the business, when I know that that knowledge is getting really put out to everyone and people are making the most out of it, like it is honestly the best feeling because I'm like yes they're not like they're not gonna have the same experiences that I had which were quite stressful and quite expensive I'll be honest and ultimately I've noticed as well with a lot of competitors at the moment like they really like these first timers and everything like every, the standards getting so much higher and I remember someone made a comment to me like yeah that, that's that's because of like they have the information there because you provide it so they're not making the same mistakes that we did because they've got the information. So they're kind of like, kind of like, um, what's it called? Like a Kickstarter, like a jumpstart 
you know like monopoly you get to straight to go like that's kind of what's happening which is amazing so yeah from there i'd say you know loads more federations started like popping up two bros was obviously getting a bit more popular as well there and every single federation i was trying to work with when i was like reading their website i remember darren i remember suki i was like i will work with you but there's a one big thing that you need to change if it's on your website i was like you need to relax the posing rules i was like putting you know these weird restrictions especially when there's a bloke writing the rules i'm like you've definitely just copied this from like a different federation <laughs> that's what i tend to see anyway from a lot of different federations i'm like mm, wait is there actually logic to that like if it's a female run federation and they've done posing heels i'm like okay you've won heels you that there's, there's a reason when it's like a male federation so it was a met when it's a male running a federation that's when i kind of think mm, actually they kind of need to be spoken to because it, it is stressful it is so stressful to try and figure out like can i wear this heel for this can i wear this heel for that and it's in the grand scheme of things it doesn't really like it shouldn't matter as much that it changes your decision because you should be making a decision which is based on your shoe so based on like you as a person not because of the federation so this is when the cocktail like the higher heel started to get a little bit more popular and there was like i started to realize there was like these wide standard narrow fit shoes and it's trying to kind of communicate to people like yes at that time cocktail i perceived it and the gala and the chic were the more wider toe beds but if you've got like normal feet you don't really need to be thinking about these things as much as someone who for example has to buy a narrow fit shoe or has to buy a wide fit shoe they're the sort of people where they've really got to make sure they're choosing the right one like for example me i'm have pretty standard normal feet so i could kind of like wear both and it was kind of fine one thing i really underestimated was prep feet and off-season feet because you don't realize how much fat and water kind of like build in your feet and especially your ankles as well like people get like edema even when you've um you know you've been on the plane for example and your ankles are quite swollen especially if you've been like if it's like a long-haul flight this sort of stuff can really start to impact you so for example for me a lip style like I can wear it in prep like if I if I had no shoes and I had to wear a lip I could do it. It'll be all right. But would it be the best shoe for me? No, just because I wouldn't say I, I have kind of got like the standard sort of feet. So I kind of like a bit more room. So I would go for a cocktail or a majesty or something like that. But it's something to be considerate of. So if you've bought lip shoes, for example, and they fit you great on prep, but then you get to off season and you're like, oh, actually, like they start to feel quite tight and like the plastic feels quite tight, then that could be because you've just gained some weight in your feet. And you might have to do a size up. I I'm more, I would kind of push someone to kind of just try a different style or even just put socks on. Like it's the power of the sock, okay? White, clean socks are the ones. I think I people really underestimate when you first start, like how tough the plastic feels, but that's completely normal. And the only way to get around that is to wear thick white socks and your the plastic will kind of start to like mold to your feet. And it's mad how the first pair of heels you probably will ever buy might feel quite like tough like the plastic itself but then after that you'll kind of be good to go and it'll be fine <laughs> a main question is about sizing so I think there's unfortunately been a couple of people that have advised incorrectly over the years and it's kind of like you know the old wife's tales that you kind of don't know why people say it but it's been going for like 10 years or 20 years or whatever and it kind of just is it's just the it's like the unspoken thing that people go oh okay without actually questioning it and that's kind of what I had to do 
So with sizing, like I got to the point where I said to supplier, right, this sizing stuff, like I, it's hard to say you like you should do this when you're on, you know, when someone's on DMs, I don't know their feet. I don't know any, like I have to kind of like get, like take what they're saying and make them my best judgment. And the girls have to do that as well. So this is why we have the centimeter measurements of all the heels. So if you are unsure, literally grab a tape measure and get to the back of your foot and measure to your big toe and take that measurement and then go onto the website and go, right, I think this measurement puts me pretty much in size six. This is where I'm going to go. I think some people like overthink it, to be honest. I think they overthink the size thing. Like if you're size six, go for a size six unless you've measured your foot and it might be slightly different. Like it's very, very rare that the styles kind of alter that much. There might be a couple, like I think the elegant is one where typically I do find people will size up with the elegant. But again, like it's so person dependent. It's hard to be put like a blanket statement because there's always going to be someone that won't like that won't apply to. And then it kind of like fucks them over. So Stick to pretty much your usual sizing. If there's an opportunity that you see us and we're at a show and we've got some samples, like just ask to try them on. Like it's absolutely fine. Like that is what we're here for. And that is hopefully something that we're going to be doing in the future a bit more, a few more like trying events. Because I remember doing it at Fit Expo and so many people love that opportunity to try on the shoe before and actually just try different styles that they wouldn't have even like thought of. So yeah, wide feet, you want to be pretty much looking at glory, majesty cocktail chic gala in my opinion they're the ones that you should be gravitating towards to obviously on the website if you go down there's a drop down menu of wide fit heels i always feel really bad because people mess me like hey i've got wide feet what do you recommend i'm like if you go on the website it says wide feet <laughs> and then go from there and then like because sometimes you there's no point in me saying right you should just go for majesty because they might actually not look like the look of majesty so that's why i say look go on the website wide fit heels and then come back to us where if you, maybe you're like stuck between two, because that's kind of like a better way for us to help. Standard feet, as I say, you've kind of got the rooster and it kind of just depends on what you kind of want to go for. Narrow feet, you want to be going for lip, elegant, and I would throw poise in there as well. So I'm not saying they are like gospel, but that is from what my own experience of doing this for nearly four or five years or whatever, like that is what we have found has been the best thing to do. Next thing I want to go into, which is probably a big one, is considerations for categories. We get a couple of questions from people saying, I'm doing figure. What shoe is best for figure? And most of the time, every single shoe is applicable to figure. Every single shoe is applicable to wellness. Every single shoe is applicable to bikini. Because you as an athlete might start in bikini and then end up in figure, but then actually wear the same shoes because they fit you the best. And you are able to, you know, manipulate your physique the way you want to because of that style. So just because you move up to figure from bikini doesn't mean you need to change your shoes, particularly if you're finding that that shoe is perfectly good for you to get into your front relax and all that sort of thing. There's only a couple of considerations, I would say. Bikini, pretty much whatever heel is best for you and you can stabilize in the best. That's pretty much it. It's all individual. It's not per category for bikini in my own opinion figure so depending on what sort of poses you are doing you might find that like I see a couple of figure girls come through where particularly in like their side pose or like a toned figure 
front pose that's kind of like a side pose if that makes sense they might find that because of how much pressure and stability and resistance is needed in their front foot they might find that their foot is kind of sliding out of the heel which is normal that most likely happens because of the platform is flat you've got to think if if the platform's flat technically there's kind of no end point like if you kind of put your hand up to the wall there's an end point that stops you going any further but when you've got a flat pat, flat platform there isn't really a point where you can kind of like your toe goes oh that's the end stop so that's when in those situations I would say for people to look into like an arch platform because if it's arched at the front you're going to have a natural stopping point which will mean that you're not going to be falling out of that heel as much so the arch, the most arch platform you can get is the elegant. And I still remember giving these to Caitlin Hill because she was really struggling with like picking up her feet and her heels because she doesn't tend to wear heels a lot. So I said to her, right, I think you need this arch platform elegant because it will just like, you're because it's not a flat platform. Like you, it won't really catch the floor as much. Game changer for her. Like it was sick to see that transformation as well. Cause she, you could tell like she, she found her heel and she absolutely loved them. So the figure, they're kind of like, they're the ones that I'd say, you know, if you are struggling, maybe go for a platform with a very slight arch at the front, might kind of help with that stabilization sort of aspect. And also with figure, routine, no shoes. Don't wear shoes. I would kind of push even to like not even wear jewelry or if I just wear like a bracelet, depending on your routine, it might kind of catch you. So you might just want to completely strip it down just so you can make sure you can present that routine and not kind of be worrying about anything. Wellness is a big one. So I feel like what's what's happening with wellness is a lot of wellness girls um, you are seeing are from Brazil. Brazil, it's still a very traditional thing to wear no platform. So that isn't like gospel. So just because where wellness started was mostly in Brazil and that industry in that culture will wear most of the time a non-platform heel that does not mean that a wellness girl has to do that as well so if you look at the olympia that just happened i loved seeing the mixture of shoes i was like yes this literally proves my point there was a mixture of like non-platform massive platform most of it was four and a half five inch heel like cocktail lip like it was literally so varied so i don't want people to get into that mindset of wellness that they have to wear a certain heel because they're seeing someone with a platform or someone without a platform this is when it really has to come down to yourself depending on which wellness pose you're going into as well you might need to kind of distribute your weight in different ways so a platform might help with that distribution of weight it might not but it really is kind of dependent on your structure because like how depending how tight your joints are and like your musculature as well does really affect your posing and then can sometimes affect the heels that you will need to wear for yourself as well fitness obviously for fitness when you've got so I'm when I say fitness I mean IFBB fitness your routine no heels and then the comparisons are very very similar to a figure so I'd kind of put them in that sort of route fitness fashion though I would say the I just find generally having a platform is just really really helpful to have with most side poses with fitness fashion, you're not really needing to kind of come up on your toe. So you don't really need to be worrying about that as much. But I would just say generally just comfort, comfort, comfort. Don't worry if you are worried that you can't wear heels without a strap. 
I'm that girl, okay? I don't, I, I'll be honest, I don't understand these girls, how they wear strapless. I'm like, you're crazy. But some people have just got it, right? They've got the strapless vibe. It's all good. If you are thinking about a strapless, but you're not too sure, then the Glory and the Majesty 501s are the way the plastic top sort of part is formulated it kind of comes up a lot higher than like a cocktail 501 for example so security wise if I was in a situation where all I had was a majesty 501 I would actually be able to pull it off because of how much of your foot is covered and kind of like solid to the heel in comparison to like the cocktail 501 that only has a real small bit of plastic at the front that really does help also you've got the if you see anything with a 02 or 102 then that means it is a double strap. So that means that it rises a little bit higher and it's kind of nice for people that want to try a strapless but kind of want that security of just an extra bit of support at the front. You might see other brands kind of name their heels different things. I'll be honest, I feel like it confuses the situation. So I always use the standard names and numbers which you will see on a supplier list. You will see everywhere else. I feel like there's so many product names and codes like it's confusing for the consumer when you first look at it and I think that's why I kind of keep it the same so I know some companies call them like actual like girl names but again it just confuses the situation so I try and break it down as much as I can so zero one is strapless zero two is a double strap and then if you've got zero eight most of the time that is strap it has a strapped heel and then you've got like, for example, cocktail 508. So the five indicates that it's a five inch heel. The 08 indicates that it has a strap on it. The lip 102. So that's the only one where they've made it difficult. But still, these different things like elegant 408, four inch strap, elegant 401, four inch, so four and a half inch strapless. So those are the little codes that I really, really like coming around in the industry everywhere so hopefully by sticking to that it makes it easier for the consumer to understand you've got sdt which is like a scattered diamante you've got sd which is a scattered diamante but just at the front of the heel you've then got mg which is a glitter based heel so that's not a diamante but it's kind of just like it's like they've kind of thrown glitter into the plastic while they've been making that heel you've got dm so that is a full diamante i be honest, I was very like anti-SDTs for a while, but when I wore them this year, it really fully like solidified it for me. And also seeing Jenny Hamilton, so she wore the Lip 102 SDT. And because her bikini color choices were quite like, I wouldn't say they're blocky, but they were very strong colors. And it was very like one tone as well, which isn't a bad thing. Like, I thought she looked sick. But what the SDT was able to do for her was like, it's sometimes nice with jewelry when you are linking it with shoes and your bikini is to kind of do like real soft touch points. Because some I think sometimes it's the perception that you have to go full down onto a shoes, you have to go full everything. But sometimes it actually overpowers the whole look and it looks too much. So for me, I remember having plain Majesty 5 Ray backstage, SDT backstage and Diamante backstage. And um, I've always been like, I want to wear Diamante, I want to wear Diamante heels. Because I still, at this point, hadn't worn them. But then I literally, I looked, at the, I looked at my package and I just thought, you know what? I could wear the Diamante, but I like the small accent of the SDT. I felt like it just suited the look. It suited me. It suited the jewelry choices I made. And I kind of ran with it. MG, like, I still like the MG, but me being completely honest, it wouldn't be my first choice. Because I feel like MG 
the MG Glitter Heel, it works. It, for me, if I can choose something that's going to work on all shoes, so on all outfits and all packages for show day, that's ideal. So you know the plane, you are, it's going to go with everything. I find the MG, depending on the colour palette, depending on the jewellery, it can kind of like go one way or the other. So that's kind of what I've learned and picked up on the way. You will find that federations like WBFF, you can't have a clear heel. So you have to make sure you're using a heel, which isn't got like basically like clear plastic. And then you'll find like purely Glifton Girls, Mami Pro, you can wear clear, you can wear non-clear. It kind of just depends on the look and the sort of thing you want to do. Those sort of federations, this is when a clear heel is so cool because it is so versatile and that's what you want. You want a versatile heel that's going to go with you everywhere. <laughs> the biggest thing I can say, girls, oh my God, please don't turn up to a show without backup. I cannot stress enough how important that is. I don't know why it happens, right? Don't know. I really don't understand because the shoe will be fine. And then suddenly show day, something happens to it. So just make sure. I think sometimes when people are kind of frantic and they're panicking, they're kind of yanking their plastic straps and like shoving things on and maybe shoving on their strap a bit tighter than what they usually would because they're a bit nervous and then it all goes. So just make sure you are buying a backup pair of heels. And ideally, say you're kind of, you know, you're competing in a year's time, you'll be wanting to buy your first pair of heels anyway for practice. And then you might want to buy like a stage pair, which are a bit more fresher. And then you know you've got your backup and it's all good. Like, I really can't stress that enough with everything. Like, I'm not saying take backup fucking tweezers for show day, but take backup things, like the main things that you won't be able to just nip to the shop and buy. So jewelry, always great. To, I love just having jewelry anyway, because I think sometimes when I'm in peak week, the decision I think I'm going to make actually isn't the one on the day. So make sure you're taking as many backups as possible, please. <laughs> I think I do want to mention broken straps because I feel like it goes in peaks and troughs. Sometimes it's like happening everywhere. Then sometimes it isn't. The main thing I want to point out, and I think people forget this, is if you are wearing something, like say you wore the same T-shirt again and again and again and again and again and again and again, continuously, you put it for all the environments, all you've pushed it to its limit, it is going to start to wear at some point. And the same thing with your heels. If you wear the same pair of shoes every single day, then at some point they are going to start to wear down. So these heels are no different to any other shoe that you would typically buy or item or anything like that. Like everything has an expiry date to a degree. If you have an issue very, very quickly into your posing shoe purchase, so say, for example, it's been like three weeks, then that is something that you do need to raise. We have found most of the time it's very, very rarely a manufacturing error because of how many, how much process and like inspection goes into the shoes before they even come to us. It's very, very rare that something actually like gets through the net, if that makes sense. So the big things I can say is with plastic, depending on the, if you put in hot or cold, it will kind of, the polymer within that plastic, like the breakdown, the chemistry in that plastic will start to wear down. So if you're, putting your heels in the freezing cold like cold gym and then you're throwing them into your bedroom and it's super super warm then putting it into hot and cold constantly that is going to start to wear down the polymer of that plastic if that makes sense and that will happen with 
any plastic you that you have if you start putting it into hot cold hot cold hot cold that is going to start to disintegrate at some point i'm not saying it like lose it completely but when you do that over a long period of time that's when the plastic can start to get a little bit weaker because it's been broken down because it's been thrown into hot and cold continuously so just kind of have a think going where do i store my heels like do i put them in a cool place do i keep them in a warm place and kind of have a think about that and sometimes i found that some people only one heel the strap has gone so it might be one left side it might be one right side so depending on the poses that you do particularly in your front pose it will actually depend sometimes on how much pressure is going through that strap itself so if your front pose, you put your right leg in a certain position, but your left leg's kind of like just sitting there chilling, then ultimately it might not be a surprising thing that your right heel strap is going to start to disintegrate and break down more quicker over time because of how much pressure is having to go through it in comparison to left one that doesn't even touch the sides because it's literally there on its tippy toe and it's not feeling anything. So have a think about that if you're noticing that's starting to happen. If you are a few weeks out from your show, please do check your straps for this because there's nothing worse than not realizing, not even you know, turn a blind eye and then it gets a show day and it's like, oh, my strap's broken. Trust me, it takes a lot for that to happen and it happens over time and you can, you can spot it ahead of time if you are checking your straps. The next thing as well is people put in the strap very, very tight and a lot of times they'll kind of push the strap a lot higher up on the sh- on the ankle because they they kind of not maybe feeling the the most confident in it. They're really high, like pushing that strap really high up up on the ankle, which is not where it's meant to naturally sit. And they're putting them on super super tight. So you can imagine that excess pressure. There's no wonder why sometimes there are certain str- um, plastic straps that will start to break because it's been put in a position where it's not been designed to be put. So really have a look at your shoe and be like, mm, am I, is that riding up or is it actually sitting where it needs to? Am I putting that on way too tight? And if you are feeling like you're having to really strap your shoe in so you feel confident in walking or posing, then that might be the consideration to think, right, do I need a bigger platform? So I feel a bit more like you know, offsets the weight. Do I need to reduce the heel height? It's having those kind of like feedback within yourself looking at, oh, okay, this is how the shoe's feeling. This is what's going on. And a lot of times, some people will, for example, buy a lip heel in prep. And then in off-season, you know, they've gained some weight, their ankles um, and their feet have got more water, more fat. And then they notice that their heel, their, their plastic strap is starting to come away slightly because they're having to put it a lot tight. Well, maybe they're keeping it in the same fastening without actually considering, oh, I need to kind of like loosen this a little bit. So they're the main things that I would say are important to kind of note with shoes. I feel like I can keep talking. (laughs) I feel like I keep talking about all this stuff. But I'm hoping that did help or maybe clear up a couple of things. As always, no questions a silly question. We have an extensive uh, blog section of the website. So if you, like knowledge is power with these heels, the more knowledge you have with these heels, the less mistakes you'll make. And I feel like with anything with competing, you have to really be an, like, I'm not saying you have to be the expert, but be, be a pro. Do you know what I mean? Like, act like a pro. Like, these pros know the heels at the back of their hands. Like, trust me, Kerry Sexton knows these heels like crazy. I could hire her tomorrow. But that's how important it is to know these different elements. And even if you never, ever buy an elegant, if you know the 
the actual construction and the design of that heel and how it can impact you in certain things, then you might be able to actually share that knowledge with someone else that might not know. So yeah, make sure you definitely check out the blog section of the website because there's so much detail. There's also a French version. So if you've got any French girls, you can send them their way. And DMs, Katie, Holly, Lucy, myself. You don't have to come to me, guys. Trust me, these girls are so good at what they do now. They're so well-trained and they know the signs. They know what to look for. They know the questions to ask. So don't be afraid to message us if you have a question. And yeah, I think that is pretty much it, girls. But I'm hoping this sort of like compact-esque episode was quite helpful. It provides a bit of context. And hopefully you girls don't make the stupid mistakes I made and brought a Crest 401 secondhand for um, your first show. That was the worst idea of my life. So yeah, I will see you guys in the next episode and have a good rest of your day.